Hi, I'm Rahaf. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Banterful, the show that gets into the best parts of internet culture. Today, we're going to talk about cancellation culture, cancel culture, and what that actually means and whether or not we're complicit in some pretty shady behavior when we take part. There are obviously lots of really big news items going on between the pandemic and between the uh, death of George Floyd and the protests that have come out of that. These are hot button issues that get people really, really passionate on both sides of the argument and often lead to cancellations because someone has said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing. And some of those cancellations may be entirely legitimate, but other ones are a little bit questionable. Yeah. So the question that I've been asking myself is like, should we cancel cancel culture? Because I find myself really torn, right? On one hand, there is the sense of like justice when somebody does a a perceived bad thing, you know, like when you see a video of somebody being harassed um, by a racist and then that racist ends up getting their karmic justice. I'm not going to lie. It feels quite satisfying. But lately, I guess I've just been asking myself, like, if the cycle of what we're doing is complete because we seem to have gotten the destruction part of the cycle down. We're very quick to mobilize and we immediately call schools, call jobs, call family, like we get on it. But then I I always wonder like, okay, well, what's the plan after that? Are these people supposed to be incapable of ever rejoining society and are they are they never going to be able to get a job and then like what's the point are we punishing are we rehabilitating like i don't i just the more i started seeing it happen and the and i'm not going to lie like i've participated in it myself the more i'm just asking myself like maybe we're just missing that last step which is somebody experiences consequences to their actions rightfully so but there's no closing of that loop. There's no, here's how you re-enter society. You've been punished. Like what happens next? And I find that really problematic because nobody's perfect and we're just all going to cancel each other until there's nobody left. Like what, what's the plan here? Yeah, it does. It feels a bit, um, often it feels a bit mob rule, get the pitchforks, uh, you know, and the flaming torches because our justice system, which is absolutely full of holes and problems and other issues, but it is founded on innocent until proven guilty and on a proper um, trial process. That trial process often doesn't happen properly, but that is the intent of the system, a, a fair trial by a jury of your peers to assess whether you are guilty. And in the case of cancel culture, it's actually the exact opposite. It's the mob rule and, uh, and they will take down whoever they want to take down. And sometimes that is accurate. You know, as you said, if you see somebody doing something terrible, maybe it is appropriate to take that person down. But sometimes it's not necessarily appropriate to take them down. And what's really m- missing there, it, it, and I think you're right about the last step, how do, you, how do you reenter? How do you recover from this? But there's also an opportunity for education there that is completely overlooked. There's a chance to educate somebody about something that they just may have been ignorant about. And ignorance isn't an excuse at all, but there's an opportunity there to have educated somebody about something that they may not have known about. And they may have had a very different view and perspective if there had been that education. Yeah, it's like nobody's saying that there shouldn't be consequences to your actions. I guess I'm just starting to question it because I was thinking about this the other day. 
on TikTok, there's this whole category of um, people outing racists, right? So if you make these horrible remarks, you will get doxxed. People will find out your name, where you work, and they'll come after you. So on one hand, I was like, yeah, you make a racist comment, like there should be consequences. I think we're all agreed, most of us at least will be in agreement that we don't want these people to be able to make comments like that that are so hateful and hurtful and, you know, that are terrible. But then I was thinking, okay, let's take like an example that I saw, which is this like lady and she was making some horribly racist remarks and people, she lost her job, right? So she lost her job immediately. And then because it's my job to go understand these digital cycles, I like looked her up on Facebook and I just spent some time actually trying to just understand who this person was beyond just somebody that got canceled. And I saw that she had like a couple of young kids. Okay. So, okay. She loses her job. She gets punished. Maybe she deserves it. Maybe she doesn't, but now she doesn't have a job. So now based on our collective actions, we're also potentially jeopardizing the future of people that are not complicit, are too innocent and too young to be a part of it. And like what happens when you look at economic studies on the impacts on a child's education, on their potential life earnings, all of those things, when one of their parents loses a job, you see that there is a dramatic impact. And that's when I started just asking myself, well, like what other unseen consequences and unseen harm are we causing in our quest? And are we actually asking for justice or are we act- or are we asking for like vengeance or are we asking for just you know feeling good at taking somebody down and then like what do we actually want what do we want do we want this person to be punished forever or do we want them to learn is there room for them to come back do we want them to come back and like these are i think we need to start asking ourselves these questions and thinking about best practices because what is clear to me is we're getting really good at ending people faster and faster i do studies where once someone gets identified or once sorry once someone has their photos put up i track to see how long it takes until they get identified and last year i look at this periodically it took about eight hours for somebody to get identified and now it takes under an hour for people to like for these networks to blast your face somebody identifies you so like you're seeing we're getting faster and more efficient at doing this and what that means is the second people get identified then their whole life explodes. And there isn't really a large vetting process of whether or not this is the actual person, whether, you know, like, I don't know. So I, I just feel like as we become more active citizens and as our actions online collectively have more weight, we should start talking about our role and how we decide to go for justice or not. Yeah. Well, so a lot of the facial recognition algorithms are making this easier and easier, and you're getting Mm. these uh, these tools that have scraped, for example, all the Facebook photos that were publicly available and built a massive database out of them, which makes it very easy for them to recognize random people. And you're starting to see, I think, some backlash there. IBM announced uh, last week that they were going to no longer do Mm -hmm. facial recognition software at all. Hopefully, that does lead to some at least critical thinking about this topic as to whether this is a good technology to make available to law enforcement agencies and, and others who are willing to pay for it. Um, and I think, you know, it, in some of this, you, there's a difference between people who are getting canceled for actions that they've taken now. So I think about 
Amy Cooper, the woman in New York who was walking her dog in Central Park and and had an uh, a, a, an encounter which led to her calling 911 and claiming she was being attacked by a black man and the, the whole sort of thing. And then she got fired from her job. The dog got taken away. And maybe all of that is actually appropriate. Her behavior was really ridiculous, disgusting. But then I wonder about people who are getting canceled over something that they said 10 years ago. And the example that comes to mind is Kevin Hart, who has a documentary on Netflix, which follows him around and, and they get into this issue that came up around some tweets that he had made, homophobic tweets that he had made. I think they were about 10 years earlier, which led to him getting canceled as the host of the Academy Awards after it had been, he had been named as the host and the protest around these, these tweets that he had made before came back. It comes back up every few years and he has apologized for them. He has, uh, I think it's fair to say, he has done his best to become educated on the topic, to, to distance himself from the perspective that he had. But it was also the perspective that he had at a different time in his life. So people are getting held accountable for something that they may have said a decade earlier. It was an unacceptable thing to say whenever they said it. Absolutely, right? Homophobic or racist or whatever it was, there was never a time where that should have been acceptable by society, but the social tolerance and the levels around it and the entire context that those statements were made in was very different a decade ago than it is today. And if you're gonna go back and hold people accountable for what they said 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when the world looked very different and, and had different expectations of people in different contexts, then you have to hold everybody accountable. It just so happens that some people have a public record of what they said at that time and other people don't. And I, I feel like there's no distinction between getting canceled over something that you said 10 years ago and something that happened today. And there isn't. And that has always seemed a little bit weird for me, but like, but there are almost like two separate issues. Like Amy Cooper, okay, yes, let's say she should have gotten fired. Yes, they should have taken her dog away from her. Fine. Those things have happened to her now. Now what? What do we do with this right. human being? We just say you're a racist forever? Or are we saying, look, you have to do X, Y, Z in order to do the education and, and, and work on yourself or like whatever? Like, I don't know what the answer is, but I certainly know it's not just saying this human being is now going to be forever exiled from like that doesn't do anybody any good either number one and number two for like kevin hart i think that was a really interesting example because i watched that documentary and he from what i remembered i don't necessarily need to get into the nuances of it but I, from what i remember he was getting upset that he had to keep apologizing but in that respect like maybe that's part of the price that you pay for example maybe, yeah, maybe. the price that you pay is that you have to keep apologizing because your words do hurt and you have to keep apologizing because every time they come up, they, they inflict pain on a particular community. But I do think it's really interesting that like who you, who were you at 13 or at 16 or at 20 and think about, you know, your upbringing and where you grew up and what you knew and what you didn't know. I mean, like I remember being in high school and it was completely acceptable in that high school to say things like, oh, that's so gay, even mm -hmm. though that's completely inappropriate. And as I got older, I obviously learned and <laughs> knew better. But, you know, I can't go back for 14-year-old me because 14-year-old me had no idea. 
idea what the nuances or context were. And I'm so glad I like was not on Twitter when I was 14 well, it, tweeting exactly, stuff like right? that. I mean, thankfully, for most of us, we didn't have social media back then and there's no public record because you're absolutely right. I mean, I, the other one that comes to mind is that's so retarded. That was something that was said at the time. Don't be retarded. It, it's a terrible thing to say now understanding it. But as a kid, you didn't have the context for that. It was just what we said to each other. And if we had had social media, then we probably would have all been saying it in tweets and, you know, Instagram posts and whatever. And then it would be coming back now to haunt us at a time where, where it is recognized as being as inappropriate as it should always have been recognized as. Um, there are, uh, it, there are some connections here to, um, to it's a bit of a stretch maybe, but to the way that we treat convicts in the prison system. Like, is the prison system supposed to be about rehabilitating? Is it supposed to be, is the prison system supposed to be about rehabilitation or is it about punishment? Are we punishing you for the thing you did or are we teaching you how to be a functional member of society? And I think there's, some really stark differences uh, I was reading about the prison system, I think it's in Norway, has a very different approach. It's mm -hmm. much more about rehabilitation. The prisons are much, compared to, the, to say, for example, North American prisons, they are much more luxurious. They are um, not a nice place that you want to go to, but they really are about rehabilitating you. And, and the one measure that should make the most difference, which is the reoffense rate of convicts who are released from prison, or ex-convicts who are released from prison should be the most important number that everybody's paying attention to, because that is actually the measure of whether this was successful or not. And the number in countries that take a, a rehabilitation approach is way lower, like half the rate that it is in the US, for example. And in the US, what you really created is a breeding ground for people to get more and more hated, more and more uh, exposed to fellow criminals and to form gangs and that sort of thing. I wonder if we're doing the same here. Think about what happens to the person who gets canceled. There's a chance that they take this as an opportunity for self-reflection and improvement. There's also a chance that you really just confirmed the belief that they had because you've created, you've taken everything away from them. You've maybe ruined their life. And that only is an environment that, or, or often is an environment that will lead to more hate being caused by that. And they will pass it on to their kids. As you said, this woman that you were researching has kids. Those kids will now forever remember how this incident shaped their lives as well. That doesn't feel like an environment that's going to create compassion and love for other people. And what about like, you know, I mean, you being so embarrassed, like these kids are going to be mortified in some cases, like they might be bullied, they might be targeted, they might be, you know, shamed for it. And it's like, they didn't, I mean, they didn't really participate. It's almost funny that you said um, the prison connection, because I was actually talking to my husband about this today. And I was like, is it comparable that what we're doing with these cancellation parties is almost like social capital punishment? Like we're ending somebody's life digitally and there's no coming back from that versus what my understanding of prison was supposed to be, which is you pay your dues to society and then you're welcomed back into that society. And instead we're just much with like the prison complex, which is also what happens when you put a for-profit model around something like that as well. But that's a whole other conversation. But you know, you have these systems that are just designed, they're not actually designed to reintegrate anybody. They're not designed to, to do anything really helpful to for society. And I just, 
I almost, maybe, maybe this will be an episode that we follow up on because maybe we'll go back and I'll find some people that have been say previously canceled and see like what happened to them and what, you know, what, how long it took. And cause I don't know. And then it's like our attention span is so short that we just literally move from person to person and we just like, don't care. It's like every day there's a new hashtag about who's being canceled. And then it's like, if we're constantly doing it, doesn't that also lose its effectiveness? Because I will tell you, and I'll take a breath, that there was one particular example that I thought was really interesting, which is that guy that worked for YouTube. And he was this engineer that worked for YouTube. This was like a couple, this is like last year. And he was videotaped asking an African-American man who was trying to get into his building who he was there to see. And this went viral and people started calling for his job. But what was different was like YouTube just didn't make a response. Google did not respond. Uh, even though people were blasting, blasting every, all social media, he shut down his like uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, went private. But after like 11 days, people moved on to something else. So we also have to recognize that its effectiveness as a practice might also be weakening as well. Yeah, it's a very intense but small spotlight. So while you're in the spotlight, it's very powerful, but it it's not that big a beam, right? It and as you said, somebody else is going to do something that attracts the mob attention and so then it's going to move on to the next person and and maybe for a lot of people who don't deserve the attention and didn't actually do something that warrants the destructive power of that spotlight maybe for them the best thing to do is just to to lay low for that brief period where they're in it and to just not respond and not you know not to do anything um you know and there there are examples of people like uh, um louis ck comes to mind who had obviously done some pretty reprehensible things in terms of the sexual uh, assaults that he had done over the course of his career but he is slowly rebuilding his career. He's back to doing stand-up. He's got specials coming out. And I feel like he, he may be an example of someone who is able to turn this around, hopefully rehabilitated in a way where he understands what happened. I think he took responsibility for it. And um, maybe, you know, maybe there are ways to re-enter I don't know if he'll ever have the career that he had before and maybe he doesn't deserve it if he used the career to to do some pretty nasty things but 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 like the thing with Louis CK too is I kind of feel like his like apologies are not sometimes they're like not actual apologies they're like the difference mm. between I'm sorry for this versus I'm sorry I got caught you know right. and that's what makes it so hard because then you have these general, like I'm not talking about the regular person, but Louis C.K. is fine financially. He did irreparable harm to the careers of so many women and he's fine. And now he has this chance to come back. And it's like, sometimes I'm not saying this should be the, the, this could never be the response. Sometimes I wish there was just like a fund. And when you did this, like you had to pay money into this fund because I also feel like, well, there should be some benefit to the community that you've hurt. You shouldn't just get it to have a chance to say like, I'm sorry, cool. I'm going to pick up my career back where I started. I wish there was a way that like they should 
that they should be like, okay, we're donating to like this cause or donating to that cause or we're doing something that, but then on the flip side, I think, well, then people are going to think they can just pay their way out of it. So I don't know. I'm all, these are the conversations. This is why every episode of Banderful is a question because we cannot claim to have any of the answers. We're just asking the question to kind of get the conversation going. I would love to hear what people think about this because there's no easy answer. There's no right answer and there's no clear answer. There's just competing priorities, like the satisfaction I feel when somebody does something to hurt another person, but then has to face consequences for that versus, okay, but those consequences might actually impact a lot more and might have a more harmful impact in the long term, which comes back to your question, are we rehabilitating or are we punishing? Right. So I don't know. And we're taking on more of those responsibilities as the collective, right? We're like, the will of the people, the, the court of public opinion, like it's becoming really important when your LinkedIn, your reputation, your Google search, like yeah. that's a big part of your life. Yeah. The, the people who have been taken down, whose names are exposed, you mentioned uh, the term earlier to be doxxed, which for anybody who doesn't know what it means is when the world digs up your documentation. So your driver's license, your address, your, you know, all of those pieces of information we sort of consider to be private and then publishes them online. And this can lead to, uh, to all kinds of things, some as harmless as having prank pizzas delivered to your house, but, um, but also to get swatted is to have the, when somebody gets, gets doxxed and their address is published online, people will sometimes make fake 911 calls and send the police department in uh, with a claim that somebody in the house has a gun, there's a domestic dispute going on, whatever it is that they call about. This has had real, real circumstances in, and effects on people who have been, who all of a sudden have the poli armed police showing up at their house with their guns out because they've been told that there's something terrible going on there. And it's very easy to do these things online. It's part of the problem with a completely anonymous or, or sort of somewhat anonymous uh, culture online. You can dox somebody without revealing your own identity. So, you know, then it's so easy from behind the safety of your keyboard in your house, wherever you happen to live to ruin somebody else's life in a very public way. And they will now forever when their name gets Googled, which potentially new employers will do and new romantic partners and friends and whoever else will happen to search for that person are going to find these stories and these accusations and some of them are well-deserved and some of them aren't, but all of them are going to be part of that public record. I mean, do you remember after the Boston marathon bombings, how for the first part of the investigation, like Reddit had self-identified somebody and had plastered his name uh, all over and it was picked up by the news as the potential suspect and it like wasn't even that guy. So we essentially yeah. ruined a family's life because his parents got death threats. They figured out who he was, like all of it, and it wasn't the right person. And then you think, so it's terrible. You know, you think there are these long lasting implications, but like, what if you didn't, you didn't do it and you get accused of something that you didn't do. And then you have this damage happening to your reputation, to your livelihood, to your jobs. And then there's nothing you can do to retract it because as the research shows, you know, even like once something goes viral, even when you post a correction, the correction will never go as viral as the original piece right. of news. Right. And you'll never be able to take it down from all of the sites where it's 
ended up and you will end up in this whack-a-mole game for the rest of your life of trying of issuing takedown notices and trying to get rid of whatever it was that you didn't want people to know about. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe we end kind of just by saying that at least for me personally, I have tried to take a bit more of a pause when I see something happening before I immediately pick up the phone and like demand somebody get fired. I tend to just like, I've been trying to just take a bit of a step, create a bit of space to just make sure that we have all the facts. And I don't know if I even want to participate anymore until I figure out how I feel about or how we should be reintegrating because regardless of how I feel about consequences being necessary, I just fundamentally disagree with the idea that somebody should be permanently canceled forever. Yeah, I agree. But then, but then, this is why it's so hard, but then it's like, if you're a Nazi, like maybe you should be, but I don't know, guys, it's so hard. I don't know. I I will end with the uh, famous (laughs) Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. We have the power to cancel people's lives but at the moment, I'm not sure that we use it very responsibly. And maybe that's where we should all be investing a little bit more time and effort before we pick up our pitchforks and flaming torches and go take somebody down is to figure out if they actually deserve it. And if they deserve it, that's a different thing. But if they don't, then maybe spare them the ruin of their lives. And that's your moral dilemma for this week thank you so much for listening we hope you tune in next time bye everyone